Hello to the Hot Rod Bible Study, where tonight we are having our annual Christmas special. I uh, thought about having that famous orator Linus Van Pelt recite tonight's scripture, Luke 2, but then I thought, you know, probably run into some copyright issues. Uh, you know, that Charlie Brown Christmas is just really does it for me when Linus does recite Luke 2. I always like to share that uh, when asked to do the Christmas special, uh, Charles Schultz said, well, we have to present the gospel message. And there was a lot of friction. And he said, well, if you want me to do it, that's what we're going to do. And that was in 1965. And uh, still one of the uh, greatest Christmas specials uh, ever. So with that, let's let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we're here this evening. We thank you for the season that we are that we are in, where we celebrate the birth of your Son Jesus, whom you sent to pay the price for our sins. Lord, we thank you for your word here this evening. We pray, Lord, that you open our hearts and minds to this word. And I pray, Lord, that you keep me out of the way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Luke 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there's no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be, fr- do not be afraid, for, behold, I bring good good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there is a with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, 
and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. That's where we're going to stop this evening. All right. Once again, uh, that's uh, what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Verse 1, where it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Notice it says, in those days. It doesn't say once upon a time in a land far, far away. No, it's not a fairy tale. It was a specific time when it says that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. Now, Augustus was born Octavius, named after his father. But in 27 BC, the name Augustus, which means the exalted one, was bestowed upon him. So here Caesar is the exalted one by the Roman Empire. And it says that all the world now recognize that at this time that the vast majority of the inhabited world was covered in the Roman Empire. Now why did they why should they be registered? Well, it's because it was a census that took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. Another uh, historical figure, Quirinius, and it says the time in which this happened was while he was governing Syria. Now, why did they have a census? Why did Caesar Augustus order a decree that uh, everyone should go to their hometown and uh, be, have this census? Well, for tax. For taxation, taxation purposes. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? So it goes on to say, Verse 3, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Okay, now, uh, this again is talking about, this isn't saying once upon a time. This is saying in those days that this is what happened. Now, this specific, uh, um, oh, event, that's the word I'm looking for, this specific event, uh, was recorded not only in the Bible, but also in other books of antiquity, uh, most notably by Josephus, who was the Jewish his historian. Now, it talks about when this is. Boy, you'll hear the argument. Well, you know, Christmas didn't really happen on the 25th of December. You know, that all has to do with the winter solstice and at the church usurp the winter solstice uh, uh, celebration for Christmas to celebrate Jesus' birth. Well, here's a couple of things on that. Uh, first of all, uh, 
Remember, the calendar that we currently use was not in place when Jesus was born. Okay. Now, and also, uh, the idea, yes, uh, the winter solstice was a deal where people were giving presents. And it was said that Augustine said, you know, if we're going to celebrate something, we ought to celebrate something good. So we need to celebrate the birth of Jesus. The argument is also that uh, shepherds would not be in a field in the middle of December. Well, guess what, kids? Uh, the high predicted for Riverside, California, which is basically has the same uh, weather as Bethlehem, uh, the high predicted for Sunday is 80 degrees. I have a pretty good idea that shepherds could very well be out in the field. Okay, but anyway. Nevertheless, it is something, an event that actually happens. It says when it happened. It just doesn't coincide with our current calendar. Okay, now, verse 4 goes on to say, Joseph also went up from Galilee to the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. We just spent a lot of time in the begots in uh, Matthew chapter 1, and to show that Joseph was with the house and lineage of David. Um, now, Bethlehem was about 90 miles away from Nazareth, about, about a three-day journey. Now, Matthew 2, let's look at this. Matthew 2, which we have been studying, Matthew 2, uh, verses uh, 24 and 25 says, Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife. Wait a minute, I'm at the wrong place. Sorry, I should be at Matthew 2. <laughs> Aren't you, don't you love this? Matthew 2, verse 6. Because ah, I was there. Okay, Matthew 2, verse 6, where it says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Okay, this is quoting Micah chapter 2, which had been written 400 years, over 400 years prior. So this is a fulfilled prophecy. Now, verse 5 said that he went with, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Now, here's an interesting side note. Um, the Jewish um, betrothal at the time was generally about nine months. Oh, why was that? Well, I think you can probably figure it out to make sure that the bride was not with child. As my grandfather would say, that uh, the first one can come anytime, all the rest take nine months. Anyway, uh, so it was, it says in verse 6, that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Now, 
Now, uh, again, uh, thinking about things that my father said, my mother, uh, when she went to the hospital for each one of us children, uh, my dad said she was didn't spend a whole lot of time in the hospital. As a matter of fact, he said he was afraid he was going to have to pay green fees uh, because as soon as they got in the door, he was afraid she wasn't going to get in the door before my brother and sister and I were born. But anyway, so as you understand, time was ready for her to be delivered. And it says that she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Firstborn son. Once again, we go over this. Yes, she bore more children. Now we're going to go to Matthew. Chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, verses. says, Then Joseph, being aroused from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took to him his wife. Remember, the angel of the Lord first came to Mary and said, Hey, you're going to be with child. She says, How can this be? I've never been with a guy. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And then he came to Joseph and said, Hey, Mary's pregnant, but don't be afraid to, to marry her because it's it's the child of God. Okay, so then Joseph does what the Lord, what the angel of the Lord had told him. And verse 25, did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and named him Jesus. Firstborn son. Yes, there were other sons. James, Joseph. Jude and Simon, there were sisters as well. Okay, so again, Mary was blessed beyond all women to be the mother of Jesus, but it doesn't mean that she remained a virgin. All right, wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. What's a manger? Well, here's something interesting that was published a while back, and a friend of mine reminded me of this, and it says here, Mangers, again, are an animal feeding troughs, but in ancient Israel, they were, they were made of stone. Not what you'd see in a modern uh, nativity scene, okay? Not comfortable, but great for protection. That's why those who were experts in this matter, the priests, would put their newborn lambs in them for protection, okay? but not just any lamb, the unblemished, perfect lambs that were used in the sacrifice for sins. You get where I'm going with this? And Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, was famous for their unblemished lambs used in the sacrifice. These lambs had to be perfect, so they would wrap them tightly in cloth and lay them in the manger to keep them safe. This is exactly why the only time mangers are mentioned in Jesus' birth story is it's because it's being told to the shepherds. Luke 2, it says, This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Just what we're talking about. The shepherds would have understood this powerful parallel. They knew that the cloth, what the cloth and the manger meant. This baby would be the perfect lamb 
of God. Pretty powerful, isn't it? All right. Now, because there was no room for them in the inn, why was there no room for them in the inn? Remember, Caesar Augustus had issued a decree that everybody was to go to their hometown and be counted, have the census. So there was a lot of -of (laughs) out-of-towners there, and all the inns or homes that offered rooms were full. All right. Now, we head on over to verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out of the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Again, um, they could have been in December. A lot of people think June. Jesus was born. That's what matters. Okay, now these shepherds. Let's let's talk about the shepherds. You know, they were second-rate citizens. They were so uh, lowly and so held in ill regard that they were unable to, by law, testify in a court of law. Wouldn't take the testimony of a shepherd. These guys are the bottom of the bunch. Okay? And they're out keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Or as it says in the King James Version, they were sore afraid. Well, I guess. How about you? If all of a sudden you had had this angel of the Lord speaking to you, standing in front of you, I think I would be scared witless myself. Verse 10 goes on to say, Then the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, first thing he says, do not be afraid, just as he said to Mary, just as he said to Joseph, just as we've been studying in in the book of Matthew. Uh, Also, it seems that every time a, an, pardon me, an angel is Um, speaking to someone, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, don't be afraid. Okay, I'll trust you on that one. I won't be afraid, I guess. But don't be afraid. And good tidings with great joy, which will be to all people. My favorite saying, all means all. That's all all means. It's not just specific for Jews. It's not just specific for Gentiles. It's not just specific to those who were the shepherds in the field. It's for all people. This is great tidings to all people, then and now. For there, verse 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. And this will be a sign to you. They're going on to tell you how to find him. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Now remember, these guys know what that means, and they'll be able to find things. Now think about this. God chose 
those of lowly stature to be the ones who first received the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Uh, They got the announcement of the Messiah, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Just as he figured a lowly birth for his son. So the announcement goes out to the lowly about the lowly birth of the King and King, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Multitude of heavenly hosts, it's also listed as an army of angels. And they're saying, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on peace, goodwill toward men. Sorry, ladies, this doesn't include you. Just kidding. Just kidding. Of course, it means all mankind. There are different things that it says to those whom he is... His favor, it says in other versions, but yeah, I had to throw that out. Verse 15, so it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Let us now go. This is They feel the urgency to do this. They didn't say, you know, these guys are talking about this, 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 uh, Jesus, this King of Kings, this Christ, the Messiah, you know, maybe on a, let's, let's, let's schedule a vacation in a week or two and go check this out. No, they were filled with urgency to meet the newborn King. Says something that we should be doing as well. Now, verse 16, and they came with haste again, urgency, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Here's a quote from Barclay. It is lovely, it is a lovely thought that the shepherds who looked after the temple lambs were the first to see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? Those who take care of the temple lambs were the first to see the Lamb of God. Verse 17. Now, when they had seen them, they made widely known the saying that was told them concerning this child. Here we have the first... Christian evangelists who were of lowly stature. What does that say to us? Now, when I was going through training for the ministry, one of the courses was with evangelism. And that is a word that sends fear into the hearts of men, especially those of us who aren't much for knocking on doors or standing out on street corners. But there, I had an epiphany during this class where it talked about personal evangelism. Do you have any friends? Do you have any relatives? Do you have any loved ones? 
Speak to them about Jesus. That's the way to evangelize. And we are no less than somebody who has been well-trained and is on TV. All right. Now, verse 18. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Wouldn't that be something? You'll recall, they're waiting for the Messiah. They've been waiting for the Messiah for many years. And now they, wow. This is the this is the Messiah, huh? Okay. Verse nineteen says though, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Pondered all these things, the events leading up to and also the birth of Jesus. There are a lot of things to ponder in the heart, especially for a young gal between the age of 12 and 14. I know that it's, it's kind of mind-boggling. Wow, she's awfully young. Uh, they were then. That was not an uncommon age to be married. All right, verse 20. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. Again, they didn't just sit around and say, well, let's Let's not tell anybody about this. They might get us in trouble. No, they glorified and praised God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. How would you like to be one of those? How would you like to have been, that'd be a proper way to say it, one of those shepherds? What a blessing that had to be. Wow. What, can you imagine them telling their children and grandchildren about that event. Wow, it'd be hard to keep you quiet. It would be hard to keep you quiet. Again, not held in high regard, regard, but chosen by God. This is just the greatest story ever told, as they say in the movies. This is something for us, too, to ponder. I I pray that all of us do ponder this on Christmas Day. We have plenty of activities, presents, uh, church activities, uh, time with family. Uh, and even those of us who don't have family nearby, we, you know, I can remember getting a phone call from my grandparents back in Boone, Iowa, which is quite a distance from Riverside, California on Christmas Day. And uh, look forward to that. So during these different activities, we need to do as Mary did and ponder these things in our heart. Because it's through this lowly birth that our sins have been forgiven. It is only through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that our sin has been forgiven. Tonight, I have some good news also to share with you. Our friend Doug Thompson had a great report from the oncologist. He doesn't need to return for another year. That's great. And also his his friend Corrine, whom we uh, were praying for, is doing better. Got some medication that seems to help with the pain. We praise God for that as we praise God for this gift of his son. I'd like to close 
with a blessing from Romans chapter 15. Some of you may be familiar with this. It's Romans 15, verse 13, where it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy to you this Christmas. Amen.